What up, gamers? Welcome to our new podcast, Making a Murder. My name is Anna, and I hope you guys are all having a litty day. In our first episode, we'll be talking about two unsolved murders. Anna and I are going to be talking about two different murders, the Black Dahlia murder, which I'll be taking, and the Joan Bonet Ramsey murder, which Anna will be taking. Yo, 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 what up, fam squad? Welcome back. It's your boy, Anna, ready to bust down with these facts. And now remember, this podcast is rated T for tough, so you better pray to jaw that your parents don't walk in. So, the Black Dahlia murder. Some pretty intense stuff. If you don't know, now you'll know. Basically, on the morning of January 15, 1947, Betty Bersinger was taking her child for a morning walk in L.A. when she stumbled upon a horrific sight. She found a blood-drained, half-naked, white body in a ditch. At first, Bersinger thought it was a storm mannequin due to the nature of its appearance, but then she realized that it was actually the body of a dead woman. Later, it was discovered that this was Elizabeth Short, a 22-year-old Hollywood hopeful. She had moved to Hollywood to become an actress, but was struggling to get noticed. According to the Black Dahlia website, the night before she was killed, Short was last seen at the Biltmore Hotel, laughing and having drinks. The morning she was found, it was identified that she had been dead for about 10 hours. Short was found not only to have her body severed in half at the waist, but she had chunks of flesh sliced out, lacerations on numerous parts of her body, and she had slashes on each side of her mouth, creating what people call the Glasgow smile and also the obvious fact that her body was a pallid white because of all the blood that had been drained and washed from her body. This led the police to believe that the murderer was someone with medical knowledge due to the precision of the dismemberment. Pretty gruesome. Newspapers named the case The Black Dahlia as a a nod to Short's penchant for black clothing and the recent film The Blue Dahlia. Dang, my dude. She really died in the worst way. She really did. According to the FBI website, Short's killer was obviously never found, but the police thought her murderer was Robert Manley, the last person to see her alive, but he was cleared because of the multiple polygraph tests he took. There was a lot of uproar when a suspicious-looking envelope addressed to multiple LA newspaper outlets was discovered by a USPS postal worker. The envelope was believed to be directly sent from Short's killer, as it had been completely cleaned of fingerprints using gasoline, and there was also a letter, made out of cutout magazine letters, saying that the killer wanted to have some fun with the police before he turned himself in, but he obviously never turned himself in. Inside the envelope was a collection of photos, her birth certificate, an address book, and multiple other little clippings of Short's life in L.A. The main suspects in her case are an L.A. surgeon named Walter Bailey, who lived close to where Short was murdered and was accused of having an affair with Short, Mark Hansen, who was a nightclub owner who owned the house where Short lived, and it was his address book that was found in the envelope that the killer sent, and George Hodel, who came under police scrutiny because he was accused of molesting his 15-year-old daughter. He was also earlier accused of killing his secretary, so the police thought that there was a chance that he could be Short's killer. Even though there was a money incentive for anyone who knew Short's murderer, no one ever stepped forward and revealed themselves as our killer. Now, 72 years later, the Black Dahlia case is nowhere near getting solved. Do you think you know who did it? Man, I don't even know. Alright, so basically, the case of John Benet Ramsey is pretty wild. She was a six-year-old beauty pageant queen who was born in Atlanta, Georgia, and also buried there. She later moved to Boulder, Colorado, where she would eventually be taken and murdered. 
Her family was just chilling at her house the day after Christmas, as usual, until her mom found a ransom note requesting money for the return of their daughter. The ransom note was for $118,000, which is almost exactly the same amount as the bonus that John, her father, had recently received from work, which was kind of sus. Her mom went to John Benet's room and did not find her there, so she called the cops. When they showed up, the cops thought the first suspects were the parents, but they weren't trustworthy as they messed up the crime scene and the evidence, which may be one of the reasons this case still isn't solved. Eight hours after she was reported missing, her body was found in the basement. John Benet's body was covered in a white blanket, and under that blanket, she had a nylon cord wrapped around her neck and her wrists were tied above her head. She also had duct tape covering her mouth. The autopsy determined that she had died of strangulation and had a fractured skull. She was strangled with a tweed cord and a broken paintbrush handle that belonged to her mother, which showed that the murderer had an extensive knowledge of knots. The autopsy also found that while there was no evidence of rape, there was the possibility of sexual assault. The time of death was determined to be between 10 p.m. on December 25th and 6 a.m. on December 26th at first because of the state of her body. But because her remains had already started decomposing by the time that it was found, investigators think that she died closer to 10 p.m. Christmas Day, according to the CNN website. That's some pretty freaky stuff, my dude. The parents and the brother were suspects because of the fact that she had pineapple in her system, meaning the murderer fed it to her since it was consumed while she was taken, but her parents claimed they never put any out. It also had to be someone she trusted and or someone with access to the house, since there was no evidence of a break-in and no footprints in the snow outside the house. There was, however, a broken window in the basement, which John left because he assumed the neighborhood was safe, according to interviews with him. Her dad and brother were cleared because of handwriting samples that were taken and compared to the ransom note, but Patsy, her mom, was not, as her results were inconclusive. The police later tested John Benet's underwear for DNA and found two unknown males' DNA, which continued the case. However, this was later disregarded after underwear from that company was tested, and it was found that there was DNA in all of them, which ended up reopening the possibility of everyone as the murderer. There are eight popular suspects in this case. The mother, the father, the brother, the town drifter, a local convicted pedophile, the electrician, who killed himself before the possibility of being caught, the school teacher, who was later just dismissed as a normal pedophile, the housekeeper, who had easy access to the home and the trust of John Bonet, and the town Santa, who had a strange obsession with her, bringing a vial of glitter gifted to him from her into surgery. With the lack of evidence and no clear suspects, the court refused to make a ruling at the request of the parents, which now leaves the case unsolved. After being thoroughly freaked out, that's all we have for our episode today. Yup, that's it, Logangers. Make sure to smash that subscribe button for more spooky content. Hasta la vista, gamers. Peace out, broskies. <laughs>